0: Hi everyone, Dr John Finn here. Welcome to another Tougher Minds podcast. We're currently in the midst of the 2020 European Championships and it's getting to the business end of the competition. We know that these final games are going to be really tight and that penalties will probably play a role in deciding some of the outcomes of some of the games. So I thought I would dedicate a podcast to thinking about performing under pressure. This is something that I've been interested in for a very long time. Having um, spent a long time playing golf, being a, a kicker in in rugby league and rugby union, um, then going on to help athletes to perform un, under pressure. And there are many many stories I could tell here from working with the PGA uh, to working, you know, with with athletes that are. Having having to ultimately face the highest levels of pressure and hit golf balls and kick rugby balls and and, and score penalties but one story I want to focus on is that of Johnny Wilkinson I've never worked with Johnny Wilkinson directly but one of my students who was also an international uh, goal kicker for Wales in fact uh, rugby and didn't didn't play many um, international games for Wales but he played a few at the end of his career he was playing uh, professional rugby close to or for a team that was strongly connected to a university that I was working for and he was doing a dissertation all about routines performance routines for the elite rugby players rugby union and rugby league and he was interviewing them about their pre-shot routines, if you like. And this this was a, an area I was really interested in. And I, I developed this thing called the pre-shot training program as part of my work for the Professional Golfers Association. And this is something that I would I'd use with that guy um, for himself, and also some of the the, the rugby uh, goal kickers he was coaching. But he essentially interviewed Johnny Wilkinson for a few hours all about his his routine and, and what he did. And I, I found this really fascinating because unbeknown to many people, Johnny Wilkinson hasn't always been fantastic under pressure. We, we think of him now as the guy that we would go to if, if he was still playing professional rugby under pressure. He was the guy that never missed. But in fact, he did miss um, and he couldn't always do it. And if anyone's ever seen any footage of the uh england ruby union tour from 1998 to australia that was labeled the tour from hell (laughs) because the performances were so bad it was one of clive woodward's first tours if not his first tour as the england ruby union manager and it featured a young johnny wilkinson and the first time he'd started a full international for England, he was the the fly half and he goal kicking was his responsibility. And I don't think he made uh, a kick, a successful kick all, all the way throughout the game. It was a bit of a nightmare for him. He was clearly choking under pressure. And obviously he went and he worked on this game, on, on this part of his game. And I think... What's really interesting when we're thinking about performing under pressure, and let's just let's just take goal kicking or penalty kicking, which are very similar for, for this example, is that we often focus on the physical action. So we might put down the ball and then we take three or four yards back and then we run up and we kick the ball. When players don't perform well under pressure, one of the things... And Johnny Wilkinson could all day long I'm sure in 1998 kick the goals he was missing in the heat of the game I'm sure he could make those kicks all day long on the training field when there was no pressure and physically he was doing exactly the same action but mentally something was changing so we often focus a lot on the physical side of things when we're practicing but we don't focus so much on the mental things so What was fascinating with my dissertation students' interview with Wilkinson, and actually you can read some of this stuff in his biographies as well, is that he gave this detailed breakdown of what he was thinking about during every phase of his pre-shot routine. And I developed the pre-shot training programme to empower Uh, Golfers and other athletes to to be more conscious of what they were thinking about. So we'd we'd been working on this, but it was just fascinating to see what Wilkinson said he was thinking about. So I'm going to talk through Wilkinson's routine. Um, And we can break it down into into five steps. This is what he said that he did, and he he changed things from time to time for sure. But at at this time, this was the version that emerged. So the first physical action was to place the ball down on the kicking tee, and as he was doing that, and the way that I'm thinking about this, I'm separating his thoughts into what I call focus pictures, which is just imagine you've got a mini TV screen in your in your in your in your brain or in your mind's eye, and you're seeing things on that that TV screen. So we can all do this. You can all try this little exercise now. So. Just close your eyes and count how many windows you have in your house or your flat, wherever you live. And without any visual stimulus, you can get some rough idea of, a, of of how many windows you've got. You can count those up. You can picture what your parents' faces look like, what your children's faces look like, what some of the England football team's uh, player, players' faces look, look like, maybe. So we, we, we can do this thing called mental imagery. Some of some of us can do it better than others, but we can all get this kind of vague, uh, at least a vague mental image in our mind. And we can use that to help us to control our thinking. So that's focus pictures. The other thing is focus words. So we're always talking to ourselves. If you don't think you're talking to yourself right now, notice how you're saying to yourself, I'm not talking to myself. I don't speak to myself. That is going on all the time in sports psychology they call it self-talk I call it focus words so we can use focus words and focus pictures to help us to control our thinking so that we can start to make our thinking as consistent as our physical actions so let's go back to the Wilkinson routine so the physical action the first one he reports is placing the ball down on the kicking tee teeing the ball up if you like And he talked about as he was doing that, he was seeing the best kick that he'd ever made from that position. So that's what he was playing in his mind's eye on that mini TV screen. We're calling that the focus picture. And he was saying to himself, come on, you can do this. So it sounds pretty logical, right? We don't want to be thinking about missing (laughs) a similar kick from that position. And we don't want to be saying to to ourselves, oh, no oh, no, this is going to go badly. Oh, no, I can't do this. So the first step is you put the ball down and you he's, he's seeing the best kick he's, he's made from a similar position or that same position and he's saying to himself, come on, you can do this. Step number two, pacing back. And If you ever saw Johnny Wilkinson, he'd actually um, tap his foot on the floor. And as he was doing that, he was imagining that his foot, this is, so this is focused pictures, imagine his foot was like a, a block of concrete, so that when he kicked the ball, it would be solid and powerful. And he was saying to himself, concentrate, hard foot. So again, you don't wanna be pacing backwards and getting yourself into position and and seeing the ball missing um, the target. And you don't wanna be saying to yourself, "Oh, oh no, this is a long, oh, this is a difficult one. So taking control of the thinking with focus words and focus pictures. Step three, you would would see Wilkinson cupping his hands. And actually, Wilkinson kind of pioneered these quirky little movements. Some people call them triggers. Um and lots of other people started to copy and model this, but they weren't always, I would say, modeling and copying what he was thinking about, because obviously that was far less tangible. But as he cups his hands, he's actually imagining a shield popping up around him to block out all the noise and all the distractions and saying to himself, concentrate. So again, not letting the limbic regions of his brain and all that threat detection stuff that that we're wired to do not letting that dictate what he was thinking about, but really taking control of it. Step number four, he would then, and again, you'd see him doing this very deliberately, you'd see him looking up and down at the target, assessing the kick, so looking almost from the ball up to the target. And as he was doing this, reported that he was imagining an elderly lady, a little old lady called Doris, sitting behind the posts where he was targeting and Doris was reading a copy of the Sunday Times. Yep, that's what he reports he was doing. And then in his, what he was saying to himself was to focus, just talking himself through focus, kicking the ball on target and um, trying to hit a very specific area of the Sunday Times front cover. And then finally, obviously he runs up and kicks the ball. And as he's doing this, he's imagining a surge of energy run down his leg. So when he makes contact with the ball, it goes a long way. And he's really, he's talking himself through, concentrating on the rhythm of the the run-up and the timing of the kick. It's one of the things I used to do. I'd just count as I was running up, one, two, three, and I'd hit on three. So what we see there is a really detailed breakdown of a world-class performer under pressure of what they would do in that goal kick situation. And we can easily extend this into a penalty situation. So there are lots of factors that are, that are going to um, lead to successful or unsuccessful penalties. But one of the factors we can think about and think about practising is as penalty takers is, what are we thinking during each physical stage of the penalty taking process? It could start once you get the ball in your hands and you're walking up and you're placing the ball on the penalty spot and it can go all the way through until you kick the ball and you can even do something afterwards if, you, uh, if your penalty is not successful. But all, everyone who takes a penalty in the, in the coming uh, week, if, if penalties happen, will be thinking something uh, during the penalty-taking process. We can use insights from performance psychology to help us to think more effectively. So when we're practising taking penalties, we need to be practising this clear thinking structure. And that's going to give us a better chance of hitting the penalty as we want to hit it and give us a better chance of getting the result we want to get. It's never guaranteed because the keeper can make, you know there's there's a variable in in, in the goal, the keeper can make a fantastic save, but we can increase our chances of performing well under pressure if we have a robust uh, pre-shot routine that doesn't just focus on the physical Elements, but also focuses on the mental aspect. So I hope that's interesting. I hope that's insightful. We can extend exactly the same thinking to, you know, things like public speaking, um, or any pressure situation that you want to do well in. Of course, a core insight that we would teach it it, tougher minds is activation and activation is a really important part of becoming a a habit mechanic. So, on that note, if you want to learn more about being your best and you want to become a habit mechanic, anyone can go to our website and sign up to the Level 1 training program for free. Um, And That'll give you some really good insights about how your brain works and how you you can just start to do some simple things to do better every single day. So if you want to do that, go to the website and check it out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. As always, there'll be more coming, thick and fast. If you've got any questions, just contact us via our website. If you've got any podcasts that you'd like us to, or topics of podcasts you'd like us to cover in the future, uh, please let us know and we'll do our best to accommodate you. But uh, I know lots of people listen to these podcasts at the moment, so I really appreciate people doing that and, and I hope they're helpful uh, and beneficial for you in your your work and life. So until next time, stay safe. And remember, you're only ever one tiny habit away from being your best.